you just put yourself down? I need you. You need me? <laughs> we did predict quite a few French shtick. I heard the show starting. And Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the little films that will never bug you. That's good, Robert. Thanks. Simple, to the point. Yeah. And it says it, because the movie we're discussing this week is... Mandibles. 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 Mm-hmm. And our, our our top five this week is... Foreign films. Foreign films, and it's amazing we haven't done that one prior, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. We've never done foreign films. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What was our top so, five last week? Oh, last week. We had a lot of feedback. This is the most we've ever had. The most feedback mm-hmm. in the years we've been doing the show. Prison movies. And this is a husband and wife team. And she said, oh, dear God, if I hear my husband say Andy Dufresne was my friend one more time. So it was kind of cute that she said that Lance, what she said, watches it over and over and over again. She went on to include other films, Rescue Dawn. That's a good one. And she, she wrote, oh, my God, best one ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, broke Down Palace. That's a good one, too. She's naming good ones, huh? Return to Paradise. I haven't seen that one. I haven't either. The Great Escape. Just Cause. Mm-hmm. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah. I'm, I'm not. That was with um, um, uh, Sean Connery. She said, possibly the scariest movie of all time. And then she said, I loved Get Hard, too. Mm-hmm. Get Hard. Uh-huh. It's a different kind of. You know what that yeah. one is about, right? Uh, I, what? It's a porno film. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, Will, uh, Will Ferrell's Going to Prison. And so he's got to try to get all tough before he goes to prison. Oh, so he, funny. he employs Kevin Hart to kind of help him toughen up. Yeah, toughen up before he goes to prison. That's a funny premise. Yeah. And of course, get hard mm-hmm. with a double meaning. Another uh, listener said Midnight Express, The Green Mile, Dead Man Walking, The Great Escape, of course. Now, the, our, the husband of the uh, first listener yeah, said yeah, yeah. The Great Escape, Rescue Dawn, Shawshank, Midnight Express, and Papillon. All right. Uh, Papillon, we forgot that one. Yeah. That, that seems like one that we would have brought up. I had it in my scoop. Did you? Yeah, but oh. the original, remember? I did have it in my scoop, yes. Uh, someone else, another listener said Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. All and right. you know, he's right. Uh, there's yeah. yeah, so he's right about that. Uh, and he's a cool hand, Luke. Uh, the last castle that's a really good one. These people really came through, and um, then somebody else said, uh, The Green Mile, Pappy on the Great Escape, Stylog uh, 17. Yeah, Stylog 17. Yeah, we got a good one there. Um, and then our our esoteric listener who's always mentioning foreign films that almost sounds degrading, esoteric Is listener. It? That's a compliment, is it? And she's listening to us right now. Mm. Yeah, isn't esoteric? Does that mean, or does it mean highfalutin? Yeah, that's it. It's does mean high, got this con- it almost the has a connotation of, of highfalutin, but I meant it as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, so, so long as she knows that, she does now. I hope. Escape from Alcatraz. Bad Boys, the nineteen eighty three version. That's the the scene where Sean Penn puts the coke in the mm. in the. Uh, yeah, I think he puts a couple of cokes in a in a, uh, a bed. What's it called? A pillowcase. And wax the fuck. Have you ever seen no, Bad I don't, Boys? I don't like He's in juvie, and Sean Penn, um, he knows the guys. There's a bunch of guys in juvie that are coming for him, and they're going to beat him up. So he goes down and he buys a couple of Cokes, and you're going, What the fuck is this guy doing? And he drops him into a pillowcase, and he walks right up to the bad guy and just like thwack, thwacks him right in the face with these two Coke cans and a pillowcase and uses that as a weapon. Wow. And it, he just has an instant club, and you're like, Oh shit. Wow. Like, can you imagine two full Coke cans? Like hit against your head as hard, with somebody singing it as hard as they can. Wow! 
Yeah, it's yeah. a great scene. Wow, especially if someone put a memento mint inside the Coke can and watching it all shoot up. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we trying to be funny? Don't no. ever do that again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bad Boys '83 version. Uh, in the name of the, of the Father. Does, I'm not mm-hmm. seriously. Was and the Son? Person for, and the Holy Spirit? Oh, the, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, 12 Monkeys, 1995 version, yeah. she said. Brute Force. Wait, wait, wait. 1995 version. Is there another Was there version? more than what was a TV series? Oh. It was, maybe that's what she meant. It was a TV series. Maybe they meant Legette. Oh, yeah. Yes, she usually has these foreign yeah, right? esoteric films. Oh, no. I said it again. <laughs> um, Brute Force. A real old one, mm-hmm. Brute Force. I know of it, but I've never seen it. And another one of our listeners said, how about Stir Crazy? Yeah. And you know, that takes place yeah. in the prison. Yeah. Uh, Shawshank, Death, Boys, Boys, um, Lock Up. Um, that was the Stallone movie. Mm. Animal Factory. Mm. Does that mean anything to you? Animal yeah. Factory. Uh, American History X. That's we got some, a great one. We got some. How did we miss that? Yeah. Remember that scene, the gutter, where the head his head hits yeah, the gutter. It, that's not in prison. Curb. It's not that, the gutter. You're right. It's, it's a curb. That's, that's not, what puts him in prison. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. That just, yeah. You're uh, longest yard. This person said both the original that's, and the updated you know, that's version. That's where the, the term curb stomping comes from. Are you being serious? Yeah. It's you make them bite the curb and then you just stomp. Wow. God, the way that shot and was. The, this, the audio is what really sells it. Where yeah, you've what got is the like noise the, when it hits? Yeah, it's like, it's because it, his teeth are on the cement, and there's just the foley work there is exquisite, where it sounds like chalk on like brick or something, yeah. and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's just so hollow, and like, oh my gosh, the guy's trembling. The actor's really selling it. See the head. It's in black and white. Isn't yeah. that sequence in yeah. black? Yeah. And you see the head just, you know, and the noise, the noise. Yeah. Um, one of our friends, actually a closer friend of yours, wrote, what? Man, I want to be on on this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what your buddy said. All right. Now, one of our faithful listeners for his top five. It wasn't, wasn't my choice. It was your but, choice of movie. It, uh, you're right. Yeah. Um, he said, first of all, Room, yeah. not a typical, definitely I, I a prisoner. I would definitely you know say this is a prison movie. I, that's a good choice. That's really good. Yeah. His number four, Escape from New York. Yeah. He's right. The whole no, city's a prison. Absolutely. Number three, American Me. Now, so, you know, that one, that scene, do you remember the, the American Me? No, I never saw I don't, I don't like movies. No. In the movie, okay, so there's a lot of homosexuality that's in that movie. And Edward James Olmos um, is still having some issues to this day over some of the stuff that was depicted in that movie. And the Los Angeles gangs that were upset about being depicted as gay. There was a scene where somebody got raped with a knife. I remember that in the movie. And there was a a lot of controversy and a lot of like, um, I think there were drive-bys over that movie and everything. They did not want this movie coming out. Wow. Wow. This guy's giving us a good list, isn't he? Sleepers. Yeah. Uh, I used this one before, but it's an amazing movie. He Did wrote, you see Sleepers? I never seriously, I it's, never saw it's it. It's good. It's really yeah. you you would really appreciate it. Do you know the premise of it? I don't. Do tell. I, I think I told you before. It's about these the five I think it's five, like boys that um they accidentally kill somebody. They've they're stealing hot dogs from a hot dog cart and they they try to get the hot dog guy to, you know, they have he has to make a decision. Either go for his hot dog cart or chase after the guy who stole the hot dog. And they let go of the hot dog cart. It goes down the subway stairs and it accidentally kills somebody. They go to Juvie. And while they're in Juvie, they are raped by Kevin Bacon's character. He's like kind of the, the warden of the place. Right. Well, flash forward many years later, they're like systematically raped like every, you know, like couple days or something. They're raped by Kevin Bacon's character. 
many years later, a couple of them, two of the friends are at this diner and they see Kevin Bacon. They're older now and they kill him. And now they're on trial ah. for killing him. And what do they like? And, and it turns out the prosecutor is one of the, the guys that was with him. He's one of their friends and he was with them. He knew exactly what was going on. He knew that they were being raped. He was there in juvie, but he's the prosecutor. But the prosecution, the, the district attorney's office doesn't know that he knows these guys. And he's able to kind of manipulate things behind the strings. And there's a big question about calling Robert De Niro, who's a priest, in to the trial. And the whole thing is about should Robert De Niro lie and say that they're good boys and that he was with them that night and they didn't commit this murder when it was like a good murder to have right, happened. Right, right, right. Or keep mum about it, right? Not right. Do you anything. tell the truth or yes. do you lie yeah. in defense yeah. of these people? And it's... It's very complex, but it's really a fascinating movie. You've talked about it before. Yeah. I do think that's a must-see. <clears throat> Our listener again said, obviously, American History X. He said, hard to watch, but so, so good. And then he said, uh, a tie for first tough guys. Yeah. Um, look at that cast. Kirk, Kirk Douglas, Burt Lancaster, Charles Durning. All these people that are Eli Wallach and more tough guys. Yeah. Wow. Are you going to skip right over Dana Carvey? Yeah. I see how it is. Yeah. I left. I left. Oh, you're tracking me, aren't you? Dana Carvey. Billy Barty. How can I leave out Billy Barty? Billy Barty's awesome. Yeah. Well, he's short. <laughs> Someone else wrote, uh, how about reform school girls? I'm surprised you didn't have that on your <laughs> I'm list. I'm surprised I didn't have that on my list. Uh, someone else said Schindler's List. Where's the prison on that? Uh, what, how come we didn't think of that? That was a camp. That was a summer camp. Now, that doesn't wait. count. Excuse me. The Great Escape can be included. That was a prison. They're prisoners <laughs> of war. This was a but camp. But the concentration camp yeah, was... they were just more, concentrating they, the whole time. They did archery. Yeah. They did crafts. Right. They went on nature hikes. Well, clearly What's they the were meditating. Deal? What's the big deal? They were, it's concentration the whole time. <laughs> and then Maybe said, that's the problem is they weren't concentrating hard enough. Oh, I just heard a few more listeners click off the show. <laughs> but we have our three Ethiopians, don't we? Uh, and then after he they said... They just Schindler's converted list, to Judaism. Yeah. So they're <laughs> he did say something. This was really good, Robert. You're going to oh, like this. this. Is nice. The Johnny Cash documentary in, in Folsom Prison. Mm. That's really good. because well I think you and I make a concerted effort to include documentaries whenever we can in the top five. Absolutely. I sure think about it. So kudos to this listener for mentioning the Johnny Cash doc. Uh, and then one of our other faithful listeners, Chicken Run, which is, of course, Brilliant. a parody of yeah. The Great Escape. Yeah. And I wish I thought of that. Someone else said The Count of Monte Cristo. He said the original version in 1934. And there was another yeah. version about nine years ago, which is really good. I saw, I think it was more like 20 years ago, but the new one was really I know. Good. I know. Like, I was impressed with how good it Absolutely. was. Absolutely. Yeah. Richard Harris was in it. And that other actor... What's his last name? Kaziz with a C I. Kavizel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's in it. Yeah. So it's it was a solid film. I remember seeing that in the theater. I never saw the 1934 version. Did you see it? No, I didn't. Uh. But I spoke with him after he sent me this, and he just went on and on about how great the original was, and it was more faithful to the novel. He said. And finally, our final one. Uh, she said, "Now that I've seen Stillwater." It's on my top five prison movies. Wow. And that's out now. And she said, along with I Want to Live, as well as Midnight Express. A lot of feedback, huh? Nice. We that's, thank our listeners. That's impressive. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about this shirt you're wearing. Yeah? I mean, it's... What? It's got a lot of different colors on it. Colors, yeah. yeah kind of a Hawaiian motif. And it's yeah. casual. I just see a lot of chartreuse. Chartreuse. 
it does have chartreuse. I'm actually very fond of the color chartreuse when it's done just right. Chartreuse. And now it's time for the... No, it doesn't fucking work in the noose. So you're asking me to go? It's a slant Chartreuse and noose? You, I can't, I can't I know, keep coming up with... You gotta... You, what is this? Slant. <laughs> I can't it, keep up going. It's with, a bad rhyming look, scheme. Well, it, you gotta work with me. I'm trying, but you got to feed me. Well, I did. Something I strong... fed you something. Oh, yeah. Chartreuse and noose? Your job is to connect chartreuse You're to give... the noose. Then why don't you just put, take two words out of nothing in common and don't rhyme at all, which is almost what you've done, and I have to sweat it There's and work on it to make it work? slant rhyme. Slant rhyme. That's sl what it's called. Slant rhyme? What, what? Is this like the cool hip stuff? Slant rhyming? Is this like rap? I think I learned that like... in fifth grade, buddy, oh, yeah. from, from Miss yeah. Baker, who was probably 87 years old Slant, at the time. Yeah, I can relate to her. I'm sure she learned it when she was 12, yeah. so. Uh, I am making a request that maybe next week's rhyme can be a little bit easier for me to let, let it flow. Let it flow. Okay, I'll just say, hey, you know, the other day I was watching the news. Now, see, that's two on the nose. Oh, oh! So now you're going from one extreme to the other. Nothing is good enough for, can for I have, King Ira. Can, excuse me, can I have something in the middle? You went from one extreme to the other. Okay, chartreuse news. Yeah, thanks, Robert. <laughs> thanks a lot. Well, What's the Olympics ended. Oh, they did? So, yeah, Simone Boyle, she came back. Mm. She got bronze. Yeah. Yeah. She did uh, elaborate a little bit more on Let's her talk about, mental I got a, state. I got a lot of flack. Oh, did you? Yes. <laughs> I got a lot. I got none. Yeah, well, <laughs> what does that tell you about who we associate with or the position <laughs> or, we or took? who we listen to. Or who we listen to. I got a lot of flack. A lot oh. of people contacted me and said, and it's an interesting argument. They said that for a gymnast, when she's, preoccupied out of it there's a there's a term that they all use uh the twisties. twisties yeah twisties yeah very good she could have killed herself oh. she could have broken her neck she could have fallen off the parallel bars she could have done something really harmful to herself and that's different than archery or swimming if you're not at the top of your game and you bail and don't compete but they said this is what the about one football what about football you i mean how many deaths happen in football versus gymnastics let's let's do that let's do a breakdown mm-hmm I guarantee you yeah. way more yeah. in football. But people did make that that argument to me, and I I get it. I can appreciate the argument. You can't, can you? You think she's a I wish? I appreciate and she's it. She's a quitter. Just, when you, she she won gold at Rio, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. when Thank you're she, that level, yeah. The only thing stopping you from doing what you're supposed to do is the mental game, right? It's no longer physical at you're this right. point. You're right. So. I would argue that for the past four years, she should have been working on her mental game. Yeah, yeah. And again, I love that analogy that I gave you with our, our background in speech and debate at a national tournament. Can you imagine if one of our students at the nationals just said, I'm not at the top of my game. I feel that I have inner demons and angst. I'm not going to compete. Let's set aside the idea, the twisties might kill you kind of thing for a second. Just the idea of going out there and being mentally ready. I was thinking about this before. You know, Weird Al Yankovic. Odd comparison. But I'm, gonna I'm gonna do it. I can't wait to hear where this is gonna go. I don't know if you remember this. There were a number of years ago, probably uh, seven or eight years ago, his parents both died by carbon monoxide poisoning. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, in, I mean, together in their bed, they just died well, unexpectedly, and it was. Um, I, th I can't remember if it was like they left the 
the chimney i think they they thought that they they had a fire in their house and then they thought the chimney flue was open but it wasn't but it basically killed them he found out he was on tour when he found out and that night went out and performed a show the night he found out both his parents were i mean they died wow didn't take any time off he just did what he was supposed to do and he you know grieved afterward but there's people that are relying on him. There's a machine that is going. And he understands, like, I, I have to go out here and do this thing. Like, I have, a, I have a job to do right now. And it's not just about me. So what about these people that put time and money and effort into training Simone Biles? She has a responsibility to them. And don't forget, she took a slot. She yes. took a position. And then people say, well, the alternate filled that in. Yes, but then somebody could have got, become that alternate. Regardless, somebody didn't go to compete or even be an alternate because of her. I understand that all right, she's getting the twisty. She could fall and break her neck. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All that's I, I understand that. I look, but the same could be said for cheerleading, right? I mean, they're, especially when they they're, do that pyramid when they go up four. Oh or five yeah, levels. they're doing like flips and yeah, everything I else. Know. Like that. That shit happens, and that's part of the game. Well, bring it on. Is that the movie with the cheerleaders? Yeah. I love that movie. Okay, go. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are sports that you can get hurt in, no doubt. I mean, equestrian sports, people get thrown all the time. You have to focus. That's that's part of it. I understand you're you're not going to get hurt as much in archery, I mean, unless right. you, you know, unless you're unless pointing somebody pointing your arrow the wrong at, way at yourself, right. I mean, that's ridiculous, but I, I get it. However, your job is to be mentally stable to handle everything if you are elite. And that was my point is whether she had the twisties and was afraid she was going to uh, you know, get hurt or was just getting psyched out. I mean, I, th I think she kind of revealed later on that her aunt had died and that really wrecked her. All of that. You just have to push it all out. You've got a job to do. You've got to focus. And that's what I was saying, too, is the American narrative, what we expect of the athletes, is Carrie Strug. Yes. It's that. I remember watching that in Atlanta. We, I know we talked about that briefly last week and so on. With her ankle, right? Her right. ankle was, was it twisted? Was it broken? Uh, what, I don't know. Injured. I don't, injured, injured let's just say sure. injured. And she did the flip. She did on, uh, was that on the horse? On the, uh, uh, this, this, the, the vault. The, the vault, yeah. yeah. And, um, and she nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Let the split second go by. Everyone cheered. And then she collapsed and she grabbed her ankle yeah. and called out for Bella, her coach. Right. That was quite a dream. And he came out and didn't he carry her? Carried off? her off. He yeah. carried her off. Man, that's the Olympic spirit. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what yeah. we want. Yeah, I know. Right. But again, the media certainly embraced her. And all of a sudden, we have all these therapists talking to us about, well, you have to understand, she's very young. She had the expectations. The whole world was watching. And she got embraced. Remember, I was saying to you about this earlier. Like, doctors are going to doctor. And therapists are, are going to therapize, therapy. right? Like they're <laughs> they're going to therapize. Is there, that's th what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. Your whole world yeah. is... Yeah. We need to be considerate for people's feelings. And, and yes, yeah. of course. So when you're talking to someone whose world this is, of course they're going to say, well, we really need to be more considerate of the mind. Right. And they're not going to. What therapist is going to say? That's very funny. She was a fucking pussy. She yeah. should have gone out there and done it. What therapist? Can you imagine if a therapist puts the, like, the L with your fingers on her forehead? Loser! Therapist goes, Loser! <laughs> That's very funny if a therapist was to do that. Yeah. 
I mean, well, you know, therapist says, yeah, well, you let down the whole country and yourself, didn't you? Well, how do you feel about that? <laughs> How's that guilt riding you? I mean, <laughs> so of course that's what yeah, they're going to say. Yeah, yeah. What else could they say? Yeah, it's their job. My whole point is whether she's doing it, um, you know, she's doing it for herself because she just kind of got freaked out because, I mean, the crown weighs heavy, right? Like you're, everyone expects greatness from you, and you may start to be, you know, be fearful that you can't live up to the expectations. That's right. World stage. She's on the world stage. Right, yeah. and I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But whether it's that or whether it's the the aunt or whatever it is, also the coach who was molesting some of them that was an issue, which was before the 2016 Olympics, right? Nasser was he was what convicted in. 2018 for stuff that was going on <laughs> yeah. in like 2015 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the out of all of that, it, she will forever, as I said last week, she'll be associated with this. Moment I know. I know. And not the gold. Not. I just. It, I mean, if she had gone out there and gotten a bronze, and people kind of were like, "Oh, she only got a bronze," I think she would be held more. In higher respect. Yes, than what she did. And then what is Absolutely. correct. Absolutely. I think people would say, what's up? And I think if she said, honestly, my game wasn't right. I didn't get my mind where it needed to be. And I kind of got the twisties and went there, tried my best, but I failed. And um, I'm going to have to really work on that mental game. Absolutely. That would have been the more noble and she'd have more respect. Yeah. I think we'd all care for her Absolutely. A lot more. Going into these games, she was the darling. Mm -hmm. She was the darling athlete sure. out of all of them. Yeah. By and, the way, and you know who is now? Well, I want to talk to you about who. Who are you going to say? The big darling right now is Sky Brown. Do you know who Sky Brown is? Sky Brown. Now she was. What, is, what does she's Sky a do? Skateboarder. Oh. She's thirteen years old. She's thirteen. Yeah. Did she medal? She bronzed. Now she's not okay. She's American, but she competed for Great Britain. So she's half American, half well. Okay, she grew up in America. She lives in America and in Japan. So she has like three different countries that she could kind of compete for. Yeah. But she wound up competing for Great Britain. She was Great Britain's um, youngest competitor, youngest uh, medal ever. And she bronzed. And uh, and it was, I mean, she was really good. But I think she also, last I was watching this, um, because she's getting so much attention. I was kind of like, well, let's, let's see what's going on with, with her and kind of understanding her background a little bit more. Last year, in June... She was on like she was at Tony Park, uh, Tony Hawk's uh, skate park. You mm -hmm. know Tony Hawk. I do. He has a, a full half pipe, and the half pipes are are big. I mean, it's like a like well, like a twenty foot drop. So I mean, we're up here. Imagine, I mean, the ceiling right here. That's about eighteen feet. Mm -hmm. So imagine falling off a skateboard, going down a ramp, and going up the other side, and right. just going back and forth, back and forth. She hit a gap. And in other words, there's a, a break between the the pipe walls, and she hit that gap and didn't understand. She thought she was at a different spot. She didn't understand that there wasn't pipe there, and she just fell. She basically fell from like 20 feet, and it's on video, and it's like it's horrific. It's oh my god! You just see her going up in the air and like her her board coming separated from her feet and just dangling midair, and she. You know, fucked up her hand. She fucked up her her eye. You know, it was like all black and blue. And I mean, they thought she was going to die. She had to get you know hell of medevaced out of there and everything. 
And then the next video she posts, I, I saw it on her Instagram. The next video she has is like her in the hospital bed going, I'll be back. I'll, I'll get back up on this. I'm going to do it again. Don't worry. I'll, you know, and she's like barely like Ugh. she's hooked up to all these machines and everything. She's like, I can't wait to get back up on the board. I'll, I'll be back and do this again. Yeah. 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 And it's like, yeah, fucking. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't pull a Simone. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you get hurt. Yeah. It happens yeah. sometimes. No, I didn't see that. You know, it's interesting, Robert. I, I'm not a sports kind of guy. How mm-hmm. <laughs> surprising. What? I don't like sports, but I love the Olympics. And there's something now. Yeah, but you just like the opening closing ceremony. That's true. But don't forget, when LA hosted in 84, I went to four events. I went to four events. Yeah, you just ate popcorn. You're right. And, and bought pins and traded <laughs> pins. Oh, I like that pin. Oh, it's the NBC, ABC. That's right, when they were hosting it. Yeah. And so I have my pin collection. But I did go to... In fact, I was there on Mary Lou Retton. Oh, really? Perfect score at UCLA. Yes. I was there. I have pictures of it. I have slides that have been scanned. Oh, wow. Um, One more name in the Olympics, because I have my darling now, and I got so, I teared up. I got real emotional. Uh, Are you familiar with Molly Sedell? Molly Sedell. What was it that she did? This was the women's marathon. Oh, yeah. And she got bronze. And the way she, she wasn't supposed to win. She wasn't supposed to medal at all. And they they showed her running and she her 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 pace was so strong and she had like a smile on her face. And when she crossed the finish line, Robert, she had her fist clenched up in the air and she was screaming, We did it, we did it, we did it, watching her cross the finish line. And it was so it was only her third marathon. She only did two marathons prior to that in her life. And I just watched that, and I get very emotional with that. And uh, they showed what she wrote when she was in third grade. She wrote down, I want to be in the Olympics and win a medal. And they showed a close-up of that as she was crossing the finish line. It that, was, that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff that's we want. That's the Olympic spirit. I just yeah. love that. Yeah. I mean, I heard, I didn't, I don't know if this is an American that did it, but I, I had, and I didn't see the event. Somebody, one of my students told me about it, that the uh, the triathlon, I guess there was, the guy that was in second, the guy, the guy who was in first got confused. He'd been leading the whole race. And then right toward the end, he got confused and started running the wrong way. And the guy that was in second kind of got in front of him and, and then like, like got him, got the guy that was in first the whole race, let him go back in front so that he could win. And I was that? like, that's, 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 it, man. that's, that's it. what you should talk do. about the Olympic spirit. That's it. That's what you should do, and that's I mean, what he did. A, it, I know. Nobody would fault him if he got gold that way, but he would know, right? He would know that's in it. his heart, that's like, it. you didn't really deserve this. You only deserved it because the other guy got confused. And there's an argument to be made, well, you shouldn't have gotten confused then. Yeah, but there's have but, some integrity. But he did. But yeah. he did get confused, yes. And now that sev- silver medal means almost more than the gold in Agreed. a weird sort of way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Poor Tokyo. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have. I don't have any specific news items. Now, don't you throw me on the bus and don't criticize me while we're on the air recording. Because it seems to me, Robert, I even sent you a text two or three days ago saying, hey, you got any uh, a story? I said, well, I you're the pitch. news guy. I'm the news guy. Yes, I am. But remember that one time a couple of years ago I had nothing? Just nothing? He said, you're my, you're my Robin Quivers. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah, Robert Right, yeah, yeah, from, yeah, from, yeah, from Howard Stern. But that's all I had. And if there's anything else in the news that you can think of. I'm not going to criticize you at all. You're I'm not, not going to make fun of it? No, I'm not going to say you don't have enough and that you're underprepared. I would never do that. 
I would never imply that you didn't research or, you know, look at some basic news stories. You know, Robert, you came by in. saying this just the way you are, what? it's kind of suggesting that maybe you are. I re- you just told me not to criticize you. Yeah, I'm agreeing. I'm saying I would never do such a thing. That would be very disrespectful, almost as disrespectful as showing up without <laughs> stories in hand. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to stoop to that level. Yeah, but I did reach out to my buddy, to my partner, and said, hey, if you have any news idea, items, send them my way. Didn't hear from you. So we talked about Simone. Okay, and this is no? You have to say the first sentence, and I'll jump right in. I'll know what to say. What did you see this week? All right. Some are old, some are new. We now present the Week in Review. Robert, can you have a little bit more oomph when you kind of go into that segment? What did you see this week? Yeah, that's really good. But first, it's brought to us by... AVGearGuy.com. Do tell. AVGearGuy.com takes all of your pictures of Mary Lou Retton and transfers them for you <laughs> over em. onto digital media so you can put them up on the internet and show people her big, fat, smiling face. The smile. It was a smile. The way she waved. Yeah. She just waved everyone with a big grin. Yeah. Yeah. That's real good, Robert. But let me just say that he also has state-of-the-art equipment. No, only pictures of Mary Lou Retton. <laughs> That's all he does. We're both clients of his. He's extremely reasonably priced. Uh, mention our our podcast. You'll get a 5% discount off the prices that are listed on his website, again, which is avgearguy.com. I'm going to go first. Ooh. I got to talk about something. Oh, this is going to be good, isn't it? Ira, I know yes. you mentioned to me off the air that you've got a movie that you're very eager to I can't to wait. Discuss. I can't wait. I'm chomping at the bit. I do, too. Good. Let's hear it. I'm going to zip through a couple, and then I'm going to talk about the main one I really want to discuss. Okay. First of all, I watched Freaky. This is a uh, – member. okay, so it's kind of a play on Freaky Friday. You know mm-hmm. how – Sure, switching the, the bodies. Switching the bodies, yeah. right? Uh, but this is a serial killer played by Vince Vaughn and a high school uh, kind of misfit girl who he's trying to kill her and – kills her with this magic knife and in the process they switch bodies and so it's a freaky friday so now vince vaughn is playing this kind of you know of, it's cool they're even calling it freaky yeah because that really is a t- well it's a, a, it's a comedy it's an homage to, it's a comedy horror it's right. definitely got its funny right. silly moments um it's okay not not great watched hudson hawk that was fun oh, no. i hadn't seen that in a that while. was with wait that was what's his name right yeah 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 Go ahead. and what's her name <laughs> who's who's the female oh. Sandra Bernhardt. Mm. You like Sandra Bernhardt. I like her a lot. Yeah, she's she's edgy. Bruce Willis is. Here I know. I know. I also saw Presumed Innocent. Do you remember Presumed Innocent? Mm, Presumed Innocent was the Harrison Ford movie where he he is a he's a prosecutor and he gets similar to Sleepers. Now that I'm thinking about it, he gets a case for uh, there's another. Uh, so he's the the uh, chief deputy of uh, of the prosecution of the district attorney, and and <coughs> there's another woman who worked in the office that he had an affair with, and she's murdered, and he gets the case of trying to find out who murdered this person, uh, but a lot of people don't know that he had an affair, and he starts to become a suspect, and it's a court case wow. of like, okay, wait a minute, you didn't disclose this information, and. Did you kill her? And all of this kind of... It's very suspicious. And the whole movie, you're kind of wondering, did he actually kill her or did he not? That's like, cool. You, you don't really know whether he did or not. So you have to see the movie. But the movie I want to talk about... Yeah. Ira? Yeah, it's going to be good. Okay, I wait, wait, wait. Is it something I've seen? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But I've heard of it. I think so. 
1983. I think I would need more than that. Robert Duvall. He won an Oscar for his performance. Is that the one the t- where he's a real tough father? No. Which one was I thinking of? He's a real tough father. No, there's another one. Okay. I mean, he is a father, but he's not a tough father. He won the Oscar for this? Yes. One more hint, please. Uh, it's called Tender Mercies. No, is it, you and your hints. Do tell. What an incredible yeah. Yeah. movie. I'd never seen it before. It's been on my list of like, I know I need to see Tender Mercies. Um, it's on HBO. I don't know how long it's going to be on HBO Max. I know it's leaving soon, but oh my goodness, that movie is incredible. Uh, Robert Duvall, I, I, this should just be the masterclass of how to act. He's fucking incredible. The movie is so well written. It's exquisitely written, and it's, one of the best directed movies I've seen in a long time because it it was just so economic in its storytelling. And there wasn't it wasn't trying to do something any more than what it was supposed to do. Um so let me kind of explain what I mean with some of this. If you haven't seen Tender Mercies, then it might help to see ten, pause this podcast, go watch the movie and then come back. So in the in the movie First of all, okay, he, he the movie centers around him kind of wandering into this town in Texas and he's uh it's like a uh, out in the middle of nowhere. There's this hotel and he ends up drunk with some other guy. That's how the movie opens. He and this other guy are having a fight over alcohol. He's drunk. And he wakes up the next morning and he's kind of been abandoned by his drunken compadre and he's now by himself. And he says to the hotel owner, it's a woman, and he says, you know, did he pay for the room? And she's like, no, he didn't. He goes, I'm broke. I don't have any money, but I'll work off what I owe you. She says, okay. And he's doing some chores. She says, you know, you can, you know, you can do some of these chores, but you can't be drinking while you're doing it. And he says, yes, ma'am. You know, so, okay. So he does, does these chores, and then he asks her, he says, would you mind if I stayed on a little while longer? I'll, I'll do work for you. And she says, well, I'll pay you, you know, a couple dollars a day and your food and your rent and stuff, so I'll cover that. You do some, there's a bunch of stuff that needs fixing around here so he does and pretty soon they start to fall in love and she has a son and he kind of becomes this stepfather to this son and you know in the back of your mind that the alcoholism is not gone right that's the other shoe that's going to drop and it turns out that you discover he's a country music singer who had this incredible career but he just kind of lost it all to drunken nights and he doesn't really want to go back, but he's still got the urge to perform. And I guess I keep waiting for there to be in the movie this huge, tragic, um, you know, let me let me just kind of ruin part of it for you. He never goes back to drinking. Mm-hmm. And I think you keep expecting him to, even to like test the waters, but he doesn't. Um, at one point, he buys some alcohol and then he pours it out. He never drinks it. And that's as close as he gets. And it's, that's surprising. Talk and about zigging when you're zagging. It's the whole movie is like that. Yeah, it just yeah. it's kind of like this is reality. This is the this is the this man's life that you're watching, and it just ends so beautifully. And oh my gosh, it's great. There's an uh, there's a scene at the beginning. There's no words. Uh, 
so the the hotel that this woman runs also has a gas station up front. This guy pulls up in his car, and Robert Duvall is out pumping the gas. The guy hands him, you know, a wad of cash to pay for the, for the gas, and then takes off. And Duvall is sitting there counting the money, and he he just kind of looks at it, and it kind of folds it in his hand. And you know what he's thinking? He's thinking, I could take some of this money and stick it in my pocket, and she would never know. And he 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 doesn't say a word. He's just looking at the money. And she kind of is watching him on her front porch. She, he doesn't know that she's looking at him. And he kind of turns, and then he notices her, and he hands her the money. So much storytelling going on. And just, it was two shots. And it was beautiful. The whole movie was, I mean, damn near perfect. It was great. Wow. I've not been moved like that in a long time. And I will also say, too, there were several times that I, producer Joey and I watched it, and we had to pause it because we wanted to talk about certain issues that came up issues about religion and about marriage and it was it brought out all of these really important subject matters that i i, I was like wow this is really getting my neurons firing wow what year this is an old 83 right right there was there was even there's this wonderful scene where he's at this like uh kind of barn hall dance whatever and everybody's out kind of dancing and he's sitting at the table with you know this this woman and her son, and you keep waiting for him to abuse the son too. Never happens. Never lays a finger on the kid. Never yeah. abuses the wife. They get into some arguments, but the arguments aren't overly shouting. It's more of like just some real marriage problems, like real world problems, you know, and and just kind of frustrations with his old life and him kind of wrestling with his demons. So he's sitting there and he wants to go dance with his wife, and he turns to his son. He says. Would you be all right if your mom and I went out and danced? And the kid says, yes, sir. And he goes, all right, then let's go do it. And I thought, wow. It's just like that little exchange. Yeah. Of, uh, it said so much. It says, I respect you. You, right. And then, yes, sir, yeah. back. Could you get more economy, economy of, filmmaking. of words? Economy and of filmmaking, it was, right, right. Everything, mutual respect among these men. Yep, yep. Right, this kid is becoming older and he is showing that he cares about the son and he values his opinion and then later on you know moments after that another kid comes up to this kid and says is that your daddy he's like no that's my stepdaddy and they're talking about they're kind of comparing their dads and you see this other dad who's like a drunk and he's like you know beaten up on his wife and everything and this kid is starting to realize that his stepdad is a good man incredible yeah, yeah. and something i've never seen on film before Oh my gosh, it's a great movie. We've talked about him. By the way, the movie I was trying to think of where I said he was like an aggressive father, uh, The Great Santini. Oh, I never saw that. It's quite a film. It yeah. blew me away. I was dr I saw it in the theater when it came out. I was drained. Mm. And I was so impressed with Robert Duvall. And we've said this before. He's a terrific character actor as well as he can be. A, he can carry a film, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Has he, he ever both. been bad? No, he's never been bad. And look at the movies he's been in. And I know I said this to you about a month or so ago. Yeah. And you you know where I'm going. I Robert, I, I, I couldn't wait to share this with you. And I'm going to share it again. Please. That it was an interview. And the poor interview was a little bit wasn't comfortable with Duvall's responses. The first thing he asked Robert Duvall was, how do you find the character? How, he said, it's in the script. It's, he said, how, but how do you get into, what do you talk? It's, it's in the script. He said, can we talk about the, the sensitive dynamic between you and the director? He said, what are you talking about? 
They hired me to do the job. I want to tell the director, get the hell out of my way. Let me act. That's what I'm here for. That's great. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do, I've said, I think when you told me this, I think I said the same thing. Duvall and Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. are two legends that are just still creaking out amazing stuff. Absolutely. And you know, when he won a few months ago for the Oscar for The Father, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. And we were surprised, Hopkins. a little bit of an upset, a little bit of an upset, yeah. but I didn't see it. You didn't see it, didn't but see I'm it. sure he's great. Yeah. I'm sure he's great in that film. I would, I'd be curious to see well, it now. Everybody that I talked to, the, the joke was, this is the movie that should have won Best Actor, but nobody saw it. And it's like, That's well, it. That's it. Well, yeah. I kind of, yeah. probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but I don't doubt it. Yeah. I just love that. It's, it's in the script. What are you talking about? It's in the script. Love that. Yeah. None of that bullshit esoteric over-intellectualizing process. We've talked about that before. Well, I mean, I we talked about this on a long time ago. I think when when uh, Christina was mm-hmm. on the show, mm-hmm. and I've always said, I, I I know that actors disagree with this, but I think I think acting is easy. I think the the problem. I think actors get very upset when they hear that um, because it sounds insulting. But I mean, a, a good testament, a good reason why. Acting is is easy, quote unquote, for, for lack of a better word, but that's what we were originally talking about. You could take someone who's never acted before and, and put them in a film and you could have a great product. Now, the opposite could be true, right? I'm not saying everyone is good at it, but I'm saying it's not that hard. I can't take you and put you on a basketball court. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you've never played basketball before, you're not going to fly in the NBA. I pull Simone, yeah. <laughs> and, and we would actually thank you. We would say thank you for doing that. You have some dignity. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's absolutely, so many, absolutely. So many other so things. You can't take somebody who's never been a carpenter before right. and just been like, "Hey, right. build this house." Right. It's not easy, but acting, yeah, you can do it. Let's not forget that great Lawrence Olivier quote. You know, oh my dear boy, why do you think they call it acting? No. On marathon. Well, there's a reason why everyone wants to do it. There's a reason why everyone's like, oh, I want to be an actor. Yeah, because it's fucking easy work. You go play pretend. Come on. That's not hard work. I I, I get the people doing their research and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not taking that away from you. Right. Look, I I act. I mean, I don't act for a primary living, but I mean, I guess in some ways we all do. But I'm an actor as well. So I'm, I'm including myself in that. Let's be real. Let's be very honest here. What you're doing is not the hardest job on set. But some people have that born quality that I can't define where we care about them. Mm-hmm. You've got that. Well, you have I don't know. that. You do. You do. Um, we care about Gene Hackman. We care about Harrison Ford. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can't define it, but all I know is that we connect with them and care about that charisma moxie yes yes yeah yeah some people have that and some don't well yeah yeah nice yeah hmm. what are you talking about it's in the script i just love that yeah by the way you don't have that uh, what did you <laughs> was, see this week by being quiet on that i was implying that i didn't have it but thank you for being so overt with that 
Well, you gave me a birthday present. Uh-huh. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my the heart. You turned people well, that too. Shh, shh, shh. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh, yeah, the, movie. It, yeah, the movie. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Whether we call it Angela or An- uh, Angel A, get mm-hmm. it? And we do find out that she is indeed, spoiler alert, an angel. Mm-hmm. This film was beautiful. It was simple in its simplicity. It was profound. It was profound. Luc Besson, we've spoken about him before. He wrote it and directed it. Yeah. This was not a typical Luc Besson movie. There was no, no, no car crash, no gun shootouts, none of that stuff, no violence. And we see this um, ne'er-do-well, kind of a punkish kid who owes a lot of people money. And he's about to commit suicide. And he finds his, his angel. It says, I was riveted. I didn't want this movie to end. Me, where I often say, oh, it was 20 minutes too long. I didn't want that to happen here. It was gorgeous cinematography. And, and Robert, it was in black and white, and it's a French film. But the angels, gams, wow, was she hot. And that's part of it, too, the appeal. It did have that, that period. Sexual. Well, like, yeah. But, mean, it was, but it was more than that. I want to say that I read up on this. They shot a lot of it uh, where we saw Paris in the early, early morning. And the black and white cinematography reflected that. You could just feel that. It was so pretty to look at. I love the story. It's a fable. It's a fable where, of course, he learns and grows and gets it, and it has a sweet ending. And the climax, the climax, it pays off where we see her sprout wings. And I was wondering if it was going to go that overt, and it did, and it worked. It's kind of it's a, a love story. Yes, it's kind of it's like a French version. Of It's a Wonderful Life. Would you yes, agree with that? of course. Yeah. Absolutely. A modern, sexy, French, It's a Wonderful Life. The movie is not what I expected. Yeah. I did not expect this because when you look at the cover and she's hot and very tall and leggy, and you said, well, look, Besson, you know, this is, she's probably a spy in all that. And maybe she changes sides midway through, blah, blah, blah. No, no, that's not what the movie was. It was, it's gorgeous to look at, and again, in its simplicity, it says a lot about the human condition, and it's, it's a beautiful fable. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Real fast, I want to mention one other movie that I did see. Are you familiar, or have you ever seen From Noon Till Three? Does that no. mean anything to you? This is 1976 with Charles Bronson and Jill Ireland. They were married. They did oh. a lot of movies together, and I can Kathy tell you- Kathy Ireland and- Charles Dunning, would you say? <laughs> um, in, Jill Ireland was d- married to uh, David McCallum, and when they were shooting The Great Escape, she was there at the set in uh, Germany. And, and she met Bronson? Bronson went up to David McCallum and said, I'm going to steal your wife away from you. And he what? did. He was being playful. He was being playful, like, I'm going to take that woman away from you. And they had a good laugh, and that was it. She fell for him. They got married, and they were in many movies together. I've got to tell you Did something. Did that strain the relationship? Between, <laughs> I, mean. I would think so. It's pretty, it's pretty fucked up. What a strange movie this is. It's part Western, and it's part rom-com. It keeps on going back and forth, and also it has a very anti-wave ending. It's about a bank robbery, and then he falls. Charles falls in love with Jill and becomes a little bit sticky, over-the-top rom-com, and then the last 10 minutes is really fucked up. It's, it's so disturbing where he's committed to an insane asylum at the end. So now I just gave it away. It, it's just, whoa. it's, whoa. And uh, I watched it with my good buddy who's a fan of the show. He's always wanted me to see it. From noon till three, 
I don't think I loved it, but I can't stop thinking about it. There you go. I, I like those movies. Yes. Yes. I can't stop thinking about it. It's, it's like gnawing away at me. And um, Charles Bronson, Jill Ireland. One of the movies that was like that for me was Motorama, which we reviewed on this yes, show before. Yes, I can see that. And it's definitely like, what is this? What am I watching? It just gets in your head and you can't, you can't let it go. And you're like, what's happening here? You think about it all the time. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Isn't that a compliment to yeah. the filmmakers? Yeah. Totally. From noon till three. But again, thank you for Angel A. You're very welcome. Angela. Hey, man, you want to talk about mandibles? Mandibles and Robert, talk us through it. All right. Mandibles centers on two friends, two Toro <laughs> friends, Jean <laughs> Gap and Manu. And Manu gets a, a job. He's kind of a, a, a ne'er-do-well bum who's... Uh, kind of hired to do uh, something so, sort of shady. His job is to take a car, go pick up a package from a mysterious person and deliver it to somebody else, and he's going to get paid 500 bucks for it. Okay, That's it. so he steals a car, goes to pick up his best friend, and they're on their way to do this job, and they keep hearing something coming from the trunk. <laughs> they pull over, open up the trunk, and there inside, wouldn't you know it, is a giant overgrown fly that's maybe, I don't know, about as big as a St. Bernard. I think this thing is huge, and it's a fly. It's a house fly. And so they decide to – this is almost like Dumb and Dumber, right? It is very much like Dumb and Dumber. They decide to take the fly and train it <laughs> so that they can get even more money than the $500. They say, forget this whole mission. And they're going to train this fly to go rob banks for them and go steal stuff for them. And in the process, it's almost like a road movie. There's several things that kind of – people that they meet along the way, but they're trying to train this fly the entire time to go do their bidding. I think that kind of sums it up, I think right? you did a great job. By the way, Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. 95%. I I have to say, if you'll buy into the premise... There you go. That's it. That's you're it. In. That's a big if, by the way. Yeah. That either you will or you won't, but do yourself a favor and buy into yeah. it. And you're it's on, not that long, right? It's, it's not a, that long. It was like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a shorter film, and it's like, look, check this out. Here's a really interesting... I, you know, as soon as we finished watching it, I think the first thing I, I said was, well, tell me the last time you've seen a movie like that. I know. I mean, that it's bizarre. <laughs> what did you think? I liked it a lot. Did and, you? Uh, yeah, and I think you did too. And also I want to ask you how it compares to Rubber. Similar. Same director. Yeah. Is it similar yeah. in tone? Oh, yeah. And um, All of his films are this way. Which movie do you like more? They're about the same, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Yeah. Um, there are moments in Rubber that were probably better than this. But there are some slow parts in Rubber where I'm like, right, this needs to be picked up a little bit. And I actually think prefer Mandibles. Mandibles had a constant kind of, yeah, it was, yeah. it, there was always something interesting happening. Yes, there. yes. But I think my favorite film of his, and I can't remember the name of it, but there, I think it's his first film. It's about a guy who wants to be part of like this cool club in, I think it's a high school. And he wants to wear the Letterman jacket and he, he's too ugly and they won't let him in. So he gets facial reconstruction, and the whole movie he's wearing, he looks like the Invisible Man. He's got gauze all around his head, and he keeps trying to get in, into the cool club, and he becomes very popular now, but he's still got this gauze all over his head. and But he's seen as becoming super popular, and now he's kind of becoming a jerk to everybody now that he's in the popular club. It, it's very weird. It's the same kind of 
simple premise, I guess, that we might see in typical American films, but with this whole weird, crazy slant. Anyway. You know what's weird about the movie? That mm. we have these two... They're slow. They're dimwitted. They're, they're likable yes. dimwits. Right. And with the giant fly in the trunk of the car, neither of them said... Neither of them, neither of them said, what the fuck... How did this happen? Where did this come from? Is there a plant with radiation poisoning, like we saw in all those B yeah. science fiction movies? What caused this gigantic? F- no, it's just oh, now what are we gonna do? Yeah. I know. Let's trade. Hey, it. there's a big Let's fly. Tra- yeah. Huh. And obviously that was a conscious choice. Right. Obviously that was a conscious choice. Right. And the absurdity th- that it sets up, and then what happens in the whole second half of the movie? I mean. When, why don't you talk a little? When they go to the, stay with the family, where he's mistaken for okay. So dude. yeah, they're they run out of gas in their car, and this this group of people pull up next to him, and one of them thinks that they know the guy from high school, and right? they say, "Hey, come on up to the house, and you know you could you should stay with us for a little while." And they go, "Okay, so we're doing this now," and they go to the house, and they smuggle in the fly. So that they can keep training the fly inside the bedroom. And everyone is like, why are these guys ask, acting so suspicious? And was it Cecilia was not her name? Oh, or the girl who Celine? had the skiing accident? No, Cecile. Cecile, that's what it was. Cecile. So she was the one that was kind of calling all the shots. And all her friends are going, Cecile, get these guys out of here. She's like, no, no. They should stay. They're my friends. And I, it's so I, there's so much. It's so complex. How do yeah, you it is, actually, it is complex. Yeah, and they're going to get discovered. So um, we better get a dog. Yeah, they they decide that <laughs> they know that the friends know that there's some sort of animal inside the house, and they think it's a dog. So they go find a dog and use this dog. As like, hey, this is what's been making all the noise. It's the cover. The it's the beard. Right. It's the cover because of the excrements, the little pieces of shit. So now they can say it came from the dog instead of from the fly. Right. And so <laughs> there's one one of the friends who has a a brain. She's yes, been a in a skiing accident, accident. So she's got a, a <laughs> mental issue. And already she's kind of bizarre. <sighs> bizarre is definitely the word I keep using, but for good measure. She... Sneaks into the room when they're not in there and sees the fly, screams, everybody comes running. It turns out the fly has eaten the dog, but then the fly hides and everyone now thinks that <laughs> she has eaten this dog. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And she becomes institutionalized. Yeah, and then so they, they, they have away. to call the police yeah. and say, like, yeah. this woman is eating dogs. Yeah, yeah. And we'll save that point for when we get to the anti-wave question, which is interesting. It's very interesting. And you just made the whole thing sound so ludicrous. But what a what a what an odd romp this movie is. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was like here's my great quote: "It's like nothing I've ever seen before." Well, I think. <laughs> but I think this say. is one time it's actually a legitimate sentence to say that everything about it. I like the look of the film. I like the acting. It was just odd that this one, the the one girl you're saying who was in the skiing accident and. Part of her, um, the results of what she went through, the brain trauma, was she would talk real loud. She would scream. Scream. She'd always scream. She'd always scream. And I mean, that made me uncomfortable. (laughs) And I'm sort of surprised it got made in this woke environment, you know? 
I, you know, I don't know if this movie could be a Hollywood no, film. film. Well, It'd have to be an indie. Yeah, I mean, this is never going to be made in Hollywood. But it was disturbing. I mean, funny. This is a movie. This guy's making it with like his own money or money from people who have seen his previous work and are going, "Okay, you make bizarre stuff. Do whatever you're doing." I, <laughs> I mean, how are you going to tell this guy? Hey, yeah, you can't, you can't do this. You can't say the word retard. Right, you're not gonna tell him that. Yeah. It's like, ah, yeah. just go do what yeah. you're gonna yeah. do, and we'll just sit back don't, and watch. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Some people get a pass. Yeah, yeah, he gets one. He gets one. Um, I'm gonna say that the fly itself was really good. It could have been. It wasn't. You're. Are you gonna say it went to the cheap route? But I thought it was. It was more credible and believable than I expected it yeah. to be. The special effect with the legs and walking and all the hair sticking out of it and stuff. I th- I suspect the reason why, and I don't know. I didn't I didn't do any research uh-huh. on how they made it. I'll bet they made an actual model, and it it was designed to because he's done a bunch of stuff with puppets before, and I like see. I see. I'll bet he they made a model that worked pretty well and just used CG very limited. Oh, you think there was. I mean, maybe in like making it walk or something Mm, like that. I was wondering. I was wondering. But, or pulling some wires or something like that. I think that's, he's doing it how we really should be doing most of our special effects, not just relying on, you know, like everything being CG. Right, right. No, I, I, I like this movie a lot. To me, this is what this, this is what this show is all about. Doing movies like this that are like, all right, this is, this is. Sorry, not your typical Hollywood movie. You can't say that about this movie. And there were numerous times where we laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. There were some funny beats in that film. Um, what was it, Robert? Oh, I know. When they say, what was the expression that they say to each Poro. other? And when they do that hand signal between yeah. them. Like the bull? Yeah. And when they do it that one time, they say it to each other. It's mm-hmm. very funny. Um, I, I enjoyed this movie. What an odd film. What are your money shots? I have two. Okay. Um, the fly and the dog have a stare down. Yes. Robert, and you said to me, I, I think you said something like, they're checking each other out. Yeah. You know, like they're going to go to battle. They're like, where they, they have, get the dog as the cover up and the, the, the giant fly. And there's a long shot where they're just like looking at each other. You know <laughs> what's going to happen. Yes, you know what's going to happen. But the dog still holds its ground, doesn't yeah. it? It doesn't cower in the corner. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. And they're kind of staring at each other, kind of checking out the scene, thinking, do I have a <laughs> shot at this or what? Boom. Yeah, I love moment. that. I love that. Yeah, and I, I had one other too. My second money shot was when um, the girl um, who had the skiing accident, who's always yelling, and when she goes into the, yeah. the boy's room and sees the giant fly, she does not yell immediately. She does not scream. We're on it's her a, face. It's a good 30 seconds We're on where her she doesn't face, say anything. Where she's processing or trying to process, <laughs> trying to process what the fuck she's looking at and then lets out a scream. That's my money shot. That's too. the money shot. Yeah, that's what I have. And you? That was your. Those. That's my money shot. And also the last shot of the movie, which I, I mean, we talk about this quite a bit. Yeah. But the last sequence, which I don't want to spoil. If somebody, yeah. If somebody's watching the movie, but the the last sequence is great, and the last very last shot, yes. where he kind of yes. looks at the camera. Yes. Yes. It's great. Yes. 
Yeah, that look into the camera kind of says it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I I do have to say that the whole movie, in a in a weird sort of way, it's so complete and it's so it, it finishes everything that it sets up in a way that um it it almost feels like a joke, you know, like a like a like a, a knock knock joke or something. Like it's got like all of the parts to it, and then it's I don't know. It's it's very it's a very complete movie in the sense that I feel like in some ways it was a I could tell this as a story. How do I say this? I get a storytelling, but it's like a like a joke. Hmm. Like at the end, it's like dun dun. dun I almost e- feel like even a rim way he shot. looks in the camera. Yeah, the way he looks in the camera. That was the cherry on top. It's almost breaking the fourth wall, isn't it? Does yeah. he look into the camera? I think yeah, so. and the whole thing is yeah with a wink. You get that vibe. Yeah. But there's a little bit of a tongue in cheek wink at the very end. What fun? Yeah, yeah. I can see why he's one of your favorite directors. I. I, I Again, and I think there are some moments in a lot of his films that are not fantastic. They're, they slump a little bit and they need to be picked up and like, okay, something this isn't moving the right way mm-hmm. here. And I think that's the same criticism I have for Soderbergh. But they're trying something different. Yeah. And I really, really admire that. Yeah. A lot in a filmmaker that's trying something different. It may not always work, right? right some right. of these experiments may be failures, but you're trying something. And I love this guy. Quentin, Quentin Dupieux. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> but Quentin Dupieux. Nice. Yeah. He's the... Uh, you could just call him Quentin for short. I'm sure most people... Don't confuse what, him with Tarantino. Who? No, if you say if you say Quentin, people will know who you're talking about uh, in the film uh, industry. Uh, I beg to differ. Say, he's the director, Quentin. Even here in L.A.? Yeah. Or even in Hollywood, say, Quentin did it. Yeah. You I don't mean, think... Quint- oh, Quentin Dupieux, of course. But people might get him confused with the other Quentin. There's... Uh, there might be another Quentin. But Quint- no, no, listen to me. Quentin Hoffman. There might be- Quentin Hoffman. He right. lives down the street. I get he it. He changes the brakes on my car every other... Well, no. He doesn't direct movies. Good point. That's, That's good point. my point. That's a good point. You're not going to confuse him with somebody else. That's the whole thing. You just say the film director, Quentin. Everybody knows. Or as well, I like to call him, Quentin. Quentin, yeah. Now, which one was with Mia Servino? Which Quentin? Hmm? Tarantino was hmm? with... What? Who? Okay, never Who? mind. Yeah, okay. Now, let's talk about this anti-wave. Is it anti-wave? I love the way we got... All right, let me say a few things. Okay. There are two... I don't even know if I'm ready to go into is there, are there three acts in this film. In a weird way, there may be. But uh, my main... Well, wait a minute. Okay, don't before, don't look wait. for three acts. Ask yourself, does it, does it need... Is it set up in three acts? Up, does it, did it play I'm in three sure acts? there's a beginning, middle, and end. Well, but, but every, but, mo- every movie should have that, right? <laughs> well, should, yes. I don't think a beginning, middle, and end is necessarily a three-act structure. I mean, a five-act structure would still have a beginning, middle, mm-hmm. and end. So, let's all put that aside. And obviously, it was an indi- it was an in- independent film. This was shot on a small. I don't know. Independent is such a funny word these days. Low budget. Yeah. Let's agree on low budget, okay. which suggests anti wave. But here's where I want to suggest this: this thing was quite anti wave because they allow that poor girl who was in a skiing accident to be institutionalized at the end. And yeah. Look how you're nodding. <laughs> you're nodding with a smile, like, "Yeah, is that fucking cool?" It's awesome. I, I know it is. I know it is. I like that. So she didn't do anything wrong. Because guys, she, everybody. 
It's a fucking character. It's not real. We're playing pretend. This fly is not real, right? It's a gigantic fucking fly. Let's not forget, we're, you're making a movie. It's a story. You can kill characters. You know, something I, I, I noted when I was watching Hudson Hawk, there's a scene where he kills the dog, right? He says, bunny, ball, ball, shoots the tennis yeah. ball at the dog, kills the dog. Yeah. No repercussion. He's still the hero. Name another movie where the hero kills a dog. Right. Hooch. No, I just made that. <laughs> he doesn't kill Hooch. No, 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 no. You, don't, no, no. you don't kill dogs. Old Yeller. The uh, end. Okay, but yes, your point is well made. But within the confines of this movie, they do Wait, allow... Wait, he kills Old a, Yeller? <laughs> spoiler alert. This poor girl with a brain injury who's always yelling, they take her away in an ambulance because she's telling the truth. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's anti-wave. Yeah. I love it. I know. Yeah. 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 What about you? What do you have to say? Uh, I, I mean, for all of, all of those reasons, and just the way it's shot, the way that there's it's it's very pastelly. Did you mm. notice? Like the, I did notice the that. color scheme was very pastel, uh, uh, like with uh, muted yellows. Yeah. Yellows and yeah, and even some blues. They were soft. And pinks. They were yeah. soft. And a lot of his films have that same kind of soft feel mm-hmm. to it. It's a very unique look. Yeah, I liked um, it. Yeah, I do too. But it, it's it's interesting, like what this whole color scheme and color palette that he's chosen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Look, I, I, this gets about as anti-wave as I think they come to me. I mean, I don't know if I would I give it a perfect ten. Well, it'd be get a perfect ten if the fly ate the two of them. Well, how do you know they don't? I, I'm, I'm hovering. You know what? I'm going to give it a 10. You I'm, are? But I have a feeling oh, you're going to give it much eight lower. Eight and a half. Okay. I was at eight and a half. Like Fellini? You're right. Oh, let's do that for your birthday. <laughs> Wait, are you picking my birthday movie? No, no, no. It's all yours. Oh. I wouldn't do that to you. Yeah, but we're saying the same thing. We're yeah. saying the same thing. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, this is fun. Something you can see again? I think I would see it down again. the road I'd watch it yeah. a second time. I, this is also one of those movies. I don't know. I I showed you another movie afterward. Oh, yeah, and that'll it, be stuck in my brain for the rest of my life. <laughs> There's some movies that you're kind of like, oh man. I just want to share this with someone else, just so I can have someone to yeah, someone to what torture to commemorate, to, commiserate, to commiserate, commiserate, the misery or whatever. I can't is. unsee it. Yeah. And what's the title? Of this Funky film? Forest. Funky Forest is like nothing I've ever seen before. Wow. That's true. How, I mean, that really is like that's the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, there you go. Nice. Hey, do you know what the title movie means? Do you know that one word? Mandibles. Word? Yes. I'm assuming it has some sort of uh, meaning in French, like a double meaning or something. It's it's actually well, it's the, like uh, the mandibles of an insect. Yes. Yeah. Which is what the. The, 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 we're jaw, both doing right? the same jet. Yeah, it is the mouth jaw like area. Yeah. You knew that word, huh? Yeah. Wow. But it is, I mean, does it have some sort of thing no, to do with French? No, that's just it. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? That's it. No? Yeah, good. Okay. All right. Well, who okay. died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the falling people they didn't turn to dust. We lost the falling people in the entertainment industry the last seven days. Jay Pickett, 60 year old American actor, um, he did TV, but he also did movies called Rush Week, Rumpelstiltskin, Alvin Ng, 89-year-old American singer and actor. He's in the final countdown and stir-crazy. You just mentioned that. And the gambler. Hmm? 
Oh. We just mentioned oh. Stir Crazy. You're right. So we're about you twice. Now, are you familiar? This one really hurt Robert. Marky Post. You yeah. know who she is? You know, really know, yeah? Yeah. She was in Night Court. She was a regular on Night Court. She, she was did great movies. In Night Court. She was terrific in Night Court, and I always had a crush on her. She was, I'm going to say she's only 70 years old. And um, and she was in movies including Tricks of the Trade. And there's something about Mary. She was the That's mother. She was the mother. And there's something about Mary. And um, a lot of people feel. I feel sad. Everyone feels sad. I don't know why. There's just something about her I liked yeah. a lot. Uh, the Corner's Corner Silver Spotlight Award is not going to go to Jean or Betty or Dick or Mel Brooks or Pepe Le Pew. But there's someone at Robert I'd like you to speak about. Uh, Trevor Moore, mm-hmm. 41-year-old American comedian. And when you, actually his producer Joey, sent me a text saying, please make sure you include him. And I know he was a favorite of yours. And can you tell us a little about him? Yeah, man, this one hurt. Um, so young. Yeah, 41. Yeah. And they they're, they just said that he died they're in, not a, saying, in an accident. Yeah. They're not saying what they're the not accident saying, what was. What do you think? What do, what? Well, I mean, I followed him really regularly on, on Twitter and Instagram. And, and he had... TV shows that he was doing on Twitch. And so he would do these like streaming videos where, you know, and he had very easy access to his fan base. He, he, millions of people, you know, would tune in to his, his comedy, uh, sketch, sketch comedy show was the whitest kids, you know, yeah. and they watched him on IFC and he's got a, a huge fan base. And I think, I think they had, they'd said that there was a Twitch stream that he did on Friday night at 10 o'clock it finished at 10 and he i guess in that stream i didn't see it but reportedly some people said that he said that his wife had gone out already gone out for the night she went out with some friends and his, he put his son to bed so what what what, what accident could cause death what could cause death and again like i was sending you texts back and forth when the media has been very hush hush media probably doesn't know the family yeah. is being hush hush they called it a tragic accident I, and I'm wondering, is that a gun? Yeah. I mean, is that drugs? He, is that a car he, accident? Is he the type to OD? I don't, know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Nope, they're not saying. But I, I don't know. It's really, it's awful. And a three-year-old son. Mm. And But he put the kid to bed. He was home. Apparently. So what can kill you? I mean... You, you could slip and fall and hit your head on a on right. the edge of a counter, I suppose, but that's <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever know. Uh you're familiar with Miss March? Yeah. Is it's a good me? movie. I, it's he pretty funny. Wrote it, directed, acted, he produced it. Also, yeah. Mars, does that mean anything? It hasn't to come you? out yet. They've uh, it's an no. animated movie and he it so a lot of the work that he did with Whitest Kids You Know, I mean a lot of these sketch comedy groups work together for their entire careers. Monty Python, for example, mm-hmm. or the kids in the hall or the state, you know, they work together and in different variations, right? So if, if you watch like the group from the state, they did Reno 911 and they did a bunch of these other uh, kind of shows and they'll bring each other back in and they'll, they'll kind of work together and then kind of spin off and bring them back in. So they're big enough that they can kind of rotate people out. And these five guys just kind of always work together. And you really got the impression that they truly were best friends. Like these are, your best friends and you're doing this comedy group together and um they were doing an animated movie and they were i think they recorded all the voices for it so i think the last thing that they're going to put out is this movie mars mars actor director who directed it wrote it and produced it 
Are you familiar with the Civil War on drugs? Yeah, Does that, that mean that was like a kind of based off of a sketch that they had done on their TV show, and then they made a they made a, a full length movie out of it. Again, actor, director, writer, producer. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man, for the loss. It's um, yeah. So I yeah, saw him. You know, I you I went, did. Oh yeah. I mean, I'd, it was a tiny theater of it was 30 seats, something like that. It was a tiny little theater. Was it, uh, what, man, one, one man show. No, it was what, a, what, it was a whole whitest kids you know sketch show. They just did this small little thing. I got tickets to it, and I mean, you're, you're right up in their business. Like you're, I mean, they're. I, he was like sitting in the audience's lap at a certain point, and just you know, all you're making direct eye contact with people. Yeah. And it's How not long like ago was that? How long ago was that? Probably 2018, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Just a few years ago. I'd, I'd seen him around town a couple really? times. Really? Yeah, just dri- driving around. Oh, there's Trevor Moore. I mean, it's crazy. So, I, I, in a way, I feel... Usually celebrity deaths, you don't, you don't know the person. It's kind of like, oh, man, like Marky that you just mentioned. Yeah, right? Marky Post. Post. That's sad because of my memories of Night Court. Yes. And it's like, man, yes. that that sucks because yes. Night Court was great yes. and you did some really yes. good work. But I'm not I'm not going to lose sleep over that. Right. But with this, and also she's 70, she died of cancer, she had some time. This is tragic. The guy dies suddenly, has a family, and oh, um, 41 had a family. You've seen and, him in person, and it, yeah, it, it, it hits you harder. There you go. Candle Corner, birthdays for this week. I just have two I want to mention. Yep. Charlize Theron, oh. 46 years old. This is shocking. And you Dustin Hoffman? Dustin Hoffman, are you ready for this? Oh, I thought you were going to rhyme them. No. Charlize Theron, Theron and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> How can Dustin Hoffman be 84? What the fuck? Benjamin Braddock is 84? Only 84? <laughs> we wish happy birthday. All right. Hey, man, you want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five foreign films. All right, now I guess. The, oh, go ahead. The Academy, of course, they can't use that word anymore. Mm-hmm. They're called international films. Well, this films. is the international this, films. The problem that I have with you is I, I, I did push back with you and say we should be doing just French films. Yes, we went back and forth. Because on that. I have a problem with the idea of a foreign film or even an international film. They're so varied. This is so, like, what does that mean? So, for example. It's too broad. Absolutely. It's too broad. But, Robert, if it was just French films, I don't know if I could come up with five. No, I bet you could. I mm, don't I, be, know. I bet you could. Because I, I could feel Well, you've you got were... one right now you just saw. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll bet I could name a few that you've seen. Well, if they were French movies, yes. yes. And I, I played with that. I know, but I thought you were cool when I said no, I was. Do but I'm going to give you shit about it I now. Felt, I, I like now that. that we're recording. So you save you for now recording. But yeah. when we were texting, I got the impression, yeah, you were fine with it. That was the. <laughs> but I mean, okay. The Road Warrior? Well. Well, now let's think about it. Here we go this. again. This is the same thing we've talked about before. If it's in English. Love Actually. If it's in English, and there you, and therein lies the rub. Oh, right. So where do we... Right. That's a cheat. Okay. What about movies that are directed by a foreign director in America? I mean, I mean, if, if English is the deciding factor, then do we take movies like The, the Artist, which is a silent film, and say, okay, well, this is a foreign film because it's not in English? Look at the confusion with last year's Oscar winner for best international movie. What's that word? Uh, with an M. Oh, you know. Minari? Minari. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Minari. It was shot in the United States. Yeah. 
and yet most of it was in Korean. Yes. So the lines are becoming blurred. Right. Well, why didn't you tell me this four days ago where we could have done just French? Because it was easy for me to give you shit about it. There's a method to your madness. So I, I, I went ahead and picked my top five based on the spirit of what we were talking about. Uh-huh. I did not put the Road Warrior on here because I felt like I know what you're going after. I know what you mean when you say foreign right, films. Right, right, So I think that's what I, I thought about Minari, didn't put it on my list. And me I said, too. all right, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play it. Totally straight. Let's let's see what we come up with. But can I share? I'm gonna let me do one quick tangent before yeah. we get to it. I take this list very seriously. We both do. We both do. And I really not. I do obsess sometimes. Even the numbering, the ranking of how mm-hmm. they're coming in, and it's breaking my heart that Angel Angel, Angel A. A is not on my list. What? Yes. Now I thought. Ira. No, no, no. Let's just talk about this because because. Then I went back to favorite, and that's the operative word that we've been using, mm-hmm. where there are other movies like Roma that have more gravitas, more to say, more sequences that were stunning. More, It's the, quote, better movie of the two. I'm going to make that argument. I don't think you'll disagree with that. But if we go to favorite, then, of course, Angel A belongs on my list. And I might change my ranking as we do this. I love that. I'm in, I'm, I'm in a fluid, flowing oh. mode. But I have to look at my list right now and see what I'm going to bump out. But, yeah, I love your reaction. How can Angel A be and not be in my top five? And especially if we use favorite. But, again, well, I, I was just giving you shit. You I can put that. whatever you want. But I go back to better versus favorite. You know, and how can you compare Angel A to Roma. Well, Ira, all right, all right, that's enough. your job. That's what you're tasked with doing. And I doing. stay up till four in the morning, obsessing. I know this. you don't do that. Yes, I do. It's maybe two thirty. Okay, but I'm I'm committed. I need to be committed. All right, all right, all right. All right, I'm in a. I think mine is not going to surprise too many people. There, I think my number. I've got two or three on here that might surprise people, but for the most part, this is kind of usual suspects for me. Do you think we'll overlap? Yeah, I think this one we'll overlap on. Maybe two. But you're going to like my number one. My number one, you're going to go, I wish I thought of that. I love it. All right. Why don't you kick it off? I'm I'm changing my list as we speak. All right. My number five is the movie. um, I'm still debating as to whether or not we should watch this movie for my birthday movie or a different one. I think I'm going to push this off till next year. But man, oh, man, is it good. 2002's Irreversible. You've talked about I want to. Maybe you I'm asking you to do that for you. Now, it's your birthday. It's your choice. But if I'm pushing, uh, suggesting, hinting, so, so subtly, that you'll go for that. Yeah, all right. It's, I mean, it, it's a hard movie. You can't unwatch it, right? It's one of those. You can't unring that bell. But, uh, yeah, French movie, 2002, irreversible. All right, what do you got? Well, because of our talk... Mm-hmm. I've, I'm all over the place right now. I got you. But I just bumped off a man and a woman. Oh. Maybe I should have put it back on. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. Are you familiar with that film? No. Oh, no. You're, but you've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't know. It. Oh, had that wonderful I don't song. like movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very lush score. Sorry. Man and woman has become a scoop, which means that I'm going to go for my real number five. You ready? Man and woman is my number one. <laughs> Downfall. 
Oh, yeah. What a hell of a movie. I know Good we talked call. about this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Year of Downfall. Oh, man. I would have been 2004. Oh. Okay. German film. And the actor who played Hitler died just a couple years ago. Oh, we really? Mentioned, yes, we mentioned uh, uh, Bruno Ganz. And, and the amazing thing is that that film did not win the Oscar for Best Foreign Film. Remember uh, that? Yeah. It was nominated. And we were really curious to see what won that year. What could have beat Downfall? We see the last days of, of Hitler, and it's done so well. It's done so well. The acting is incredible. And as you and I know, that there are all those YouTube parodies yeah. where he does the rants, and people put in other silly things that he's saying while he's in screaming. In the subtitles. Yeah, in the subtitles. But uh, what a hell of a film downfall that's my number five that's a great one thank you buddy my number four this is where we're going to overlap oh do you have anything on your list from 2001 no really wow i know you don't have say the country france you know what Is that the charming little girl that's yep. real whimsical yep. and these things happen to her and she's really sweet yep. and kind of gets people to fall in love along her journey? It's no, charming. No, that's not it at all. <laughs> Amelie, 2001. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for spoiling my uh, <laughs> I little just description. Took a, <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, that's it. You just described it perfectly. It It's very heartwarming. It is heartwarming. And she affects others around her. How many lists have Irreversible and Amelie right funny. next to that's each very other? funny. They're so different in tone. Yeah. That's really nice, Robert. It won Best Foreign Film that year, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it was a great movie. It's a perfect little film. It's also one of the few movies that really broke through to the mainstream in America. You know, like most most foreign cinema doesn't do that. I think Americans are particularly hesitant to read subtitles, Mm -hmm. but um, but I think they were willing to do it for this movie. That's really nice. Yeah. What do you got? My new number four. Mm -hmm. Life is beautiful. Oh. The year of night is 1997. Very good. Yeah. Bingo. Um, Roberto Benini, Italian yeah. film, and he won. He co-wrote it, directed it, and starred in it. Right. How about that? And it won uh, three Oscars, including Best Foreign Film, and he won for Actor. Right. And we certainly remember that, where he was standing on the seats. And what I loved about that was it was sincere. Yeah. It was not shtick. And you and I can separate them. We can tell the difference. We can see when it's manipulative. But that was just so real and honest that he was overcome and truly joyed. What a, what a movie. By the way, it was heavily criticized, too. Not I, surprising. I remember the criticisms before seeing the movie. That's very interesting. And I, I actually think the criticisms pushed people to see the see movie. It, right. Well, there was a Jewish organization that felt it made light of concentration camps. I, but I don't think that's what the movie was about. I agree. You know, I think I think I, you're missing it. the point. It's about humanity. Yeah, that's what the movie's about. And I think it was it was about keeping your hope alive, even even in those dire circumstances. It was about trying to. You know, I, I think it was really acknowledging this is a horrible situation, and yet how do we make it? So that how do we protect those that are innocent and how do we keep this hope going? I, I think it's a beautiful film. I honestly feel the people were highly critical of it, didn't get it, didn't understand what it was really trying to say about humanity. No, I, I think it's that, a beautiful film. Yeah. Oh, a beautiful film. I, okay. Thank you for saying that twice. I had to get that. Cool. That was my number four in my revised list. Go All ahead. Right. 
my number three is now see this really this was a tough one for me because it was a bunch of americans who went over to france and made in 1955 they were blacklisted they went over to france and made rafifi So now it's like, well, now wait a minute. What is this? Is this That's the bank robbery. Is that the robbery? Yeah. I, you know, I saw that about two years ago. Yeah. And and a bank robbery scene is just incredible. It's in silence for twenty minutes, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And people say that that Mission Impossible episode kind of took it from that. Yep. With um with Tom Cruise going down on know, the wires. That, yeah. yeah, on the wires. What a nice choice. It's a great Would movie. you say these people were blacklisted? American actors, mm-hmm. so they went there and uh, they went over to France yeah, and made, yeah, a, made a made this French movie. movie. Yeah, 1955. That's, that's really nice. I think our our list is too broad. Our topic selection is too broad. <laughs> Why did you say no? Let's narrow it down to French. It's fine, because we because then we'd never have done foreign films, so we might as well do it now. Good point. All right, what do you got? What's your number two? Uh, yeah, One, no, three. I'm on three, yeah. and I'm still doing some flipping around here. But I'm actually going to move it up here and going to say Angel A mm. for all the reasons I already discussed. Okay. For all the reasons I already discussed. And that movie was, I don't actually know the year. I'm going to say 2004. Um, and keep talking. That's okay. We're no, fine. this bothers me. I want to have it in my notes someplace. But go ahead, Robert. Why don't you just do it? Well, why don't I just pull it up? I'm okay. sure I can find it. Why don't you talk about how much you like Angel A? I already did. I did that enough. Anyway. Yes, it was not a new movie. Oh, it's not brand new. <laughs> Two thousand five was the, was the year. Of there course, I should have just known. I, I'd add one year to whatever year I guess. That's right. So you're consistent that way. Two thousand five. That's my number three. My number two. This is should be of no surprise to anyone who's listened to the show. Nineteen fifty six, Italian film, classic, Italian neo Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Bicycle thieves. Oh. We thought about doing that for my birthday. We considered that a few months ago. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. No, I think we... It wasn't for your birthday. I think it was just pulling it out oh, of the Oh, that's right. It was going to be a classic from the vault. Maybe right. we should do that yeah. for one of our classics coming up. Oh, I'd like that. Oh. It's a good movie. What do you got? What's your nice. number two? My number two, Cinema Paradiso. Yeah, that's a good one. 19- I, only, I only saw it recently. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned that. Yeah. It holds up, right? Yeah. Uh, 19... <sighs> Seven, eight, oh wait, no, this is, wait, hold on, this was like in the 90s, it was like 89 or 90, something like that. 88. Okay. Yeah, 1988. Obviously it won the Oscar too for Best Foreign Film. I wasn't, I was just kind of gut, I think some of the styling felt very 70s, and that's what I was going off of. I know what you mean. I think I, once I started thinking about it, it was like, I was thinking 90s. All right. You know, I saw it in the theater when it first came out. And I haven't seen it since, but obviously with that incredible ending. Yeah, it's a great and ending. And it just it just washed over me. Yeah. It just I just bought it. Um, I think you'd oh, still re- this one holds up. It does yeah, hold up, doesn't is, it? This is not a rock movie. Right. You could watch this. One right, again. right, with the priests and censoring movies and then at the end a celebration of kissing in cinema all mm-hmm. spliced together. It's quite lovely. That's my number two. My number one. 1956. I want to point out, I, most of my movies here, what, 48, 55, That's 56. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. 1956. French movie. Do you have anything on from 50? Oh, I guess you only have one movie left. Yeah, it's not French. 
This is the one you're going to be jealous about. Really? You're going to say, I wish I'd done this. Okay, let's back up, please. Mm-hmm. Tell me again, the year being? 1956. French movie, 1956. Mm-hmm. I want you... Uh, wait. Uh, was it Jules and Jim? Uh-uh. Was that, um, that was a good guess. That was a good one. Wait, mm-hmm. I want to include that. I have to revise my list. <laughs> Talk. Give me one person who's in the film. Just one name. No. No, that would give it away, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. French movie, 1956. Mainly, I, mainly because there's pretty much only one person in the movie. And there's other people, but... It's I've awesome. seen it, yes? Yeah. It's a short film. It's literally a short. Yeah. A short? Mm-hmm. 1956. Mm-hmm. French? Nominated for Best Picture. We've talked about that before mm-hmm. as a short film. Being only nominated. short Short film to have been nominated, nominated for an Oscar for Best for Picture. Best Picture. And foreign at that. Oh, man. The I Red d- Balloon. <sighs> that movie kicks I saw so it. much ass. I saw it last year. It's on YouTube. It's free on YouTube. Yeah. It's also one of these movies that it holds up so well. It's a movie that you, you watch and then you can come back to later on and be like, is that movie as good as I think? Yeah, it's that good. It's that good. That's really good. Robert. You're right. I'm beating myself up for not having thought of that. It's a wonderful film. Beautiful. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm surprised. Was that your number two? Number one. That, so I'm surprised my number one is not on your list. No. Oh. It'll obviously be a scoop. Yeah. And as you know, I did a little switcheroonie here with um, Angela so I could push that and got rid of man and a woman and wanted my number one to be Roma. I hated that movie. <laughs> I love your story when you went to the museum. You went to the museum here in yeah. L.A. And there were stills, right, from the film, actual frames from the movie. And there were gorgeous photographs. And again, the movie has such gravitas. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of depth. And it's just uh, everything about the film with the revolution, the violence in the streets, the giving birth, that whole swimming sequence in the last 12 minutes. And it's just it, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Robert, remember the very, very opening? We're looking at the tiles of the floor, and we don't know really what we're seeing, and we realize, oh, she's mopping up dog poop, right? Then she's cleaning it up before it goes down the drain. Um, I'm putting that down as... You're a little surprised to hear me say that? As my number one, Roma. By the way, the year... Well, it's 2018. It was 2018, and that's... I I think it probably would have said 2019. I love it. Well, you're consistent. It doesn't seem that long ago. You're consistent, yeah. Scoops. Um, I mentioned Intacto earlier. Uh, it's a great film. Uh, if we're going foreign, then we could say <laughs> The Full Monty. Well, yeah, I know. It's uh, the spirit I, of it. That's why I didn't put it on there. You know, Legette, the men- one I mentioned earlier. So I have a couple that I threw on there. Mm-hmm. There were a few that I was thinking about, too. See, I almost feel like we should have done like weirdest foreign films. So it would have been a little bit more interesting. Because there was a movie like The Mountain. is a Mexican film. Very weird. What There's a... Armenian film was it pomegranates and oh, I'll find it. It's like visual poetry and it's very. I mean, it's visual poetry. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, we went too broad on this list, didn't the we? The color of pomegranates. That's what it's called. I never heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, on my scoops, Robert. Obviously, I did have Man and a Woman and um, a French film, Anouk Ame. She was important. She starred in the film. The great musical score and. Um, 
I saw that in the theater and I thought it was great. It won two Oscars. It won a Best Foreign Film and it actually won Best Original Screenplay, a foreign film that won Best Original Screenplay. Hmm. How about that? In 1966. I also had, um, I spoke about this last year, that obscure Object of Desire. And that too was a fascinating film. I've always been curious about it. I watched it for the first time last year. Umbrellas of Sherborne. Um, I saw I that. I saw that. Yeah, I know. I think you've heard me talk about it once before. And... Um, and why what about the post El Pestino? Do you remember that? The oh, post-man? yeah. That was really good, yes. too. But the big mystery of this podcast is why didn't I think of that sweet, charming French girl? Amelie? Who, in her own way, touches, That's people's, where I thought we would overlap. touches people's lives. Yeah. Uh, Such you, a charming... Wish t- she touched loves, her yeah, I know, something else. I know, yeah. Good. We did it. That was great. That was great. Hey, man. Nice what? job. Kudos to us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if people have other ideas. Other foreign films? Yeah. We're getting a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah we're we're yeah. going to open up uh, the yeah. floodgates yeah. on this one. Yeah. You know what they could do? Tell us. Do they tell. can reach out to us. How? Through our email. W- where? What's the? Robert at antiwaypodcast.com. Uh, or. And slash or Ira at antiwaypodcast.com. Or they can reach out to us through our Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is, is. at antiwavepod. Yes. Pod. Not pod, anti yeah. pod, and we're also we're all over the place. Just like the flies' eyes, we are all over the place. Was that neat? With two times, they went inside from the point of view of the fly, yeah, and we saw that multi-imaged as if a fly because it has multiple eyes. Yep. I like that they did that twice. Uh, find us on Google Music Podcasts. Go to um, by the way, write, rate us and review us. You know, iHeartRadio. Go to iTunes. Go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprout holes moving. Ira. Mm-hmm. Next week. Another one? Yeah. Come on. Oh, no, buddy. I need a rest. <sighs> All right. What are we doing next week? Val. Oh, a documentary. We're doing a documentary. A do- on Val. Val Kilmer. Val yeah. Kilmer. Yeah. This is going to be interesting, huh? You know, he's going to be on our death list soon, right? How old is he? Is he gonna I mean, be? he's had this cancer that's, I mean, oh. eating away his voice and he's, he's wow, throat cancer. I guess I should give him the Silver Spotlight Award, huh? No, nah, fuck that. Nah, dude. that's okay. Yeah. No, nah, but I'm I'm interested to see this because I think, I, I I think when he was coming up, I think there were a lot of expectations on his career to be just absolutely incredible, and it was a, I think a little disappointing. You know, I think it never quite lived up to the expectation of right. what it could have been, but not without some incredible performances right. along the way too. Right. I wonder if the documentary touches on that point. Mm, me too. We're going to find out. guess so. So next week we'll watch Val. Man, we'll talk about that. Good. Yeah. Yeah, let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Nice job doing the... Joey! Producing the whole podcast here. What do you want to do now? Hmm? Come on. I want to get the let's, fuck out of here. Well, that means I have to leave. No, you can stay. I'll stay and you'll go home? Yeah, why don't you stay here? Let's switch. Okay. You'll go to my home in the studio. No, 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 no. Yeah. And then I'll I'm stay. going home. You just stay here in the studio. But this is your... Uh, I don't come up here. Oh. You just stay here. Is that right? You'd well, be like, I have to stay here in your You'd studio? be like a homeless man living in my attic. You know, that wouldn't be so bad. I'm surrounded with movie posters. <laughs> so until next week, keep watching movies. I will help you sort them out. Get the hell out of my way. Let me act. <laughs>